Hello and welcome to Chick Flicks. I'm Mackenzie Chapman. And I'm Bridget Hovell, and we love movies. Horror is the only genre of film where women appear and speak as often as men. If you think that is both very cool and very terrible, we agree and are here to talk about it. Now with even better mics. (laughs) (laughs) This week we're talking about two Christmas horror movies, Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale, and Black Christmas. So, let's catch up first, though. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um... Yeah, so I'm excited we're doing a Christmas episode. I like both of these movies a lot. Um, do you have any like favorite Christmas pop culture items um, that you like look forward to watching every year? You know, not, not really. Not really. Uh, you know, love Actually, I like Love Actually. Aww, love Actually gets yeah. a lot of hate. I know, but I love it. <laughs> it's kind of like there are some problematic things yeah. that if you like them enough like you're just like yeah i fucking get it mm-hmm. parts of it are bad um i am really looking forward to last christmas netflix rolled out these like hallmark collabs uh these christmas movies one was like the christmas prince and the other was mm-hmm. a christmas inheritance and i thought they were so much fun to watch i don't think um, i watched a christmas inheritance oh I you should, should. That. that one's about like this snotty rich girl who has to she's exiled to the country without her phone and learns the true (laughs) meaning of christmas really good i saw one on netflix recently that was like a christmas calendar so it's Mm -hmm. there to watch um yeah yeah. but i love a christmas story we always Mm -hmm. watch the claymation rudolph every year yeah i love the one that's like uh i think maybe the year without a santa claus or the one where they're like i'm mr he (laughs) what (laughs) you know there it's like the the hot and the oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. jack frost and the other guy yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. i guess yeah the hot guy (laughs) yeah 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 um but i haven't seen it since i was a kid so i just really liked it when i was little (laughs) Mm -hmm. um what what stuff are you into lately Mackenzie? tell me about your I so I watched Maniac this week. Oh, okay. on Netflix, it was amazing. Really, you I liked it? Loved it. It was like uh, Terry Gilliam. Is that, you, is that his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got and it. Um, Wes Anderson. If they teamed up, oh wow, like, made a so show. So should I watch it? I've been kind of off Jonah Hill. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I same. But and he's like all right, I guess. But they it's like it was so good like i really? could immediately rewatch it and i've been listening to the soundtrack oh dang i could see some people not liking it and like who knows if i'm like embarrassing myself by liking no. it but i really liked it ian we watched it together and we just like a lot of shows like we'll try watching together and then we just like lose track and we never mm-hmm. finish it but this one we finished in like a few days and we just it was like all we could think about it was so like it was really unique even though i just said that it's a combo <laughs> of two other people <laughs> two things but it was like i don't know it was like i feel like i don't really like terry gilliam because he's so chaotic mm-hmm. and it makes me like have anxiety but i feel that. with with the like like order that wes anderson brings to all his films like the combo was perfect for me because i love like the quirky like futuristic stuff with uh gilliam and it's like a place out of time sort of and each episode was almost like its own movie but it did have 
yeah, sorry. No, sorry, you go on. Much. No, I'm like on. giving this a full, like this episode is about Maniac now. It's just really good. And it had like some really funny parts too, so. Yeah. I've been waiting for someone to really give me a heartfelt recommendation to watch it. Uh, well, there you go. Now I shall. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Um, I guess this past, uh, Tim and I just started watching The Sopranos actually for the first time. Oh, oh wow. I've never watched it. Yeah, it makes me pretty homesick for New Jersey, even though Aww. we are from totally different parts of uh, New Jersey. Than it's okay. We're all family. Tony Soprano. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and also made me think like, oh, I'm not like a real Italian-American <laughs> by any means. Are you Italian? <laughs> yeah. Well, my dad's oh. fine. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I have something that I'm into. Um, I just listened to this new film. Po- I guess it's relatively new. Um, another new film podcast called Unspooled with it's so new to me that i'm not entirely sure of the people's names i know one of them is oh crap what's that guy's name he does how did this get made paul Shear, paul Shear mm-hmm. of how did this get made it's kind of like his podcast now where he instead of doing bad movies does afi's top 100 movies with this woman named amy mm-hmm. whose last name i don't know and i could very easily look up uh <laughs> i've only listened to one episode uh and i just listened to the episode they did on et and i uh listened to it while i was cooking dinner and it was like making me cry because first of all i love et and they mm-hmm. uh i really like thought that they did a really good job of like um discussing it in a way that i've never heard it discussed before um mm. it's a it was a good podcast i'm excited to listen to more of it oh i want to check that out that sounds great yeah i've recently been binge listening to uh still processing the New York Times oh. podcast with uh, Jenna Wortham, Wortham? and yeah. Wesley Mor- Morris. Mm-hmm. And they're like the smartest people that I've ever heard in my entire life. And I like, I just aspire to be, especially Jenna. I'm like, I want to be you. She's so, so cool. Bad. She's so cool. Know, she's, she's, got, like, she's, she's gotten a note from Beyonce. So, you know. Really? She, oh my God. Yes. When Lemonade came out, she did the write-up for it for uh, New York Times. Like she reviewed it and Beyonce sent her flowers and a note that said, oh like, thank you for understanding God. my heart, which I don't know from like a journalistic ethics point is probably good. Yeah. Well, whatever. <laughs> whatever. It's like Beyonce. When... It's a different. Oh my God. She's like, so she just talks every time. So she's so smart and she talks like about movies and so does Wesley too. They both, every time they talk about a movie, I'm like, fuck, like, I should have caught that. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I remember reading Wesley's review of um, Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing's Missouri, uh-huh. and I was like, yeah, he fucking killed that movie, you know, like, he just <laughs> decimated it. It was so smart. Yeah. Fuck. Uh, oh, you and know then they, we... they talked about A Quiet Place in one episode, and I was like, fuck, I should have listened to this before we talked about A Quiet Place, because they Oops. talked about it so much better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess what we're saying is... Don't listen to us. <laughs> um, it's just listen to us and them. Yeah, we'll be supplemental. Uh, <laughs> uh, what was I listen to, to us for the friendship as well. Exactly. exactly. Right? Oh, you know what we have to watch? Or we should go see the new Suspiria. I haven't seen oh. it yet. And I feel like I'm kind of like dreading it because it's yeah. two and a half hours long. <laughs> and also, yeah. I've been reading a lot of reviews that are like, why did a man remake this movie? Like... Luca Guadagnino is like a, a gay man and I really loved mm-hmm. Call Me By Your Name mm-hmm. but I've just read, read a lot of like critical things like um, about like male auteurs like using female pain and like mm-hmm. female bodies and just kind mm-hmm. of being like well we're aware of it so it's fine or like yeah. we're aware of like the tropes or yeah yeah so I'm I want to see it but I'm also like oh. mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a feeling it might just be, like, not great. Yeah. 
we'll see, I guess. Uh, Dakota Johnson hasn't really ever impressed me very much. Me and neither has Chloe Grace Moritz. Yeah. At same. all. Yeah, she's pretty bad, actually. <laughs> she is uh... bad. Sorry, Chloe, you can't come on our show. We're not going to interview you. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> We're making enemies, burning <laughs> bridges. Okay, so uh, this week we're talking about two Christmas movies. Uh, do you want to do the intro to two Christmas horror movies, I should say, um, that we originally were going to do Krampus and Rare Exports, but we decided to axe Krampus because, um, I don't know. Neither of us wanted to rewatch it. It's yeah. just not that good. It's just not that good, exactly. <laughs> we, yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> do you want to do the intro for Rare Exports? Sure. Um Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale, is a 2010 Finnish horror movie written and directed by Jalmari Hellander. <laughs> I had you do this intro because I was like, uh, oh no. There's names. a bunch of names that I can't <laughs> pronounce. Uh, the film's set in a small village in the shadow of the Korventunturi mountain opens with a drilling company's discovery of a long-buried secret. They've unearthed Jolapuki, or the Finnish version of Santa Claus, and his many frightening elves. Rare Exports follows a father-son team who save the town's naughty children and come up with an ingenious idea to train and sell the elves as mall Santas. Yep. <laughs> yeah, so uh, this is not either of our first time seeing Rare Exports, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. When did you first watch it? Ooh, uh, in college. In college, yeah. Point. I don't know, yeah. Yeah, I feel like when it hit Netflix, that's when I first watched it um, mm. in like 2014, maybe. But the movie yeah. is from 2010, so it's almost a decade yeah, yeah, old. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. What? I know. Ugh. Oh, my God. <laughs> almost graduated from high school 10 years ago. Oh, uh, God, please. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I like this movie a lot. It's a, you know what else I really like about it? Here's my controversial hot take on all of cinema. I hate long movies. I really... I'm getting tired of watching two and a half hour long movies. This yeah. movie is a brisk 80 minutes and that's all I, yeah. it needed to be. I, so I actually love long movies, but I was very, I'm very happy that this one is just 80 minutes because that's all it needs to be. I mean, it's yeah. based on the two previous short mm-hmm. films that Hellander did and like, it makes sense because it's so short. It works as a short thing. Mm-hmm. It's good that way. Yeah. So it's about this, um, this small village and there's kind of these villainous, uh, company drilling, looking for these buried, um, elves and Santa up on the mountain. And I thought it was interesting that the villains all like speak English, uh, mm-hmm. or like English, I guess the main villain is British. Are they both British? Um, the, the guys that we open with, I think so. I think so too. They had British. just in just like weird accents. Um, and the rest of the cast is Finnish. And mm. I'm sure you noticed this, but I really didn't think about this the first time I watched it, but I mm-hmm. did this time, is that mm-hmm. there are virtually no women in this movie. I know, There's they're... one woman in the background of the reindeer scene, and yeah. she's it. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy. I thought about that, too, this time, because I was like, shit, our like intro does not apply to this movie. Not at all. At all. This is a movie that just forgot about the women. Yeah. <laughs> and village. they don't even say anything about women except for uh, that the mom... They briefly mention that the mom had died, and that's it. Yeah, or like not even that she died. They're just like these cookies. They're like mom's cookies. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, and I and I felt like um, so the kind of main relationship at the center of the film is the um, the father whose name is Ranu. 
we're not going to pronounce these right. Rano. Rano. And the son, Pitari, um, who are an actual father and son. And Mm. I feel like we were supposed to get this bigger emotional reaction from them or like their, the thrust of their, their emotional story in the movie was kind of underused. That would be Mm. my one critique of the movie. Um, is that I feel like they have this kind of, um, brusque relationship and there's really no payoff, uh, like emotional payoff. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I mean, I just, I loved the kid the entire time. He was amazing, but I just never felt like the father redeemed himself in any way. He was just yeah, like an app, like kind of like whatever. Yeah, kind of. But just the like kid a... just kept getting better. I loved that kid. Yeah, he was adorable, and yeah. he was calling the shots at the end. I know, and he was so smart. Yeah, I feel like if they they like, I feel like the dead mom trope is so easy as a way of being like we're gonna indirectly like deal with women, yeah. but in the laziest way possible, like yeah. having motivations set by perhaps. They're not being a mom in their relationship. Uh, just kind of weak. Yeah, like, yeah. No, I agree. I guess yeah. it, it it was very lazy. But the movie is so, like, concept-heavy, too, mm-hmm. that it's about, like, evil Santas and elves that it's like maybe we didn't have time for a sincere uh, family relationship anyway. I don't know. Yeah, which is fine. Like, Yeah, that's fine. I guess, it's like, good for what it is. Yeah, and the kid was so cute that he made up for it. Yeah. I loved so, him so much. Yeah, he's, he was very, very cute. And I was surprised to hear that they were real father and son because I kind of thought they didn't look alike. Um, yeah, me, same. Me too. I thought that actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was very adorable and a good little child actor. I did mm-hmm. wonder why watching it, um, if a lot of the humor, uh, the Finnish like, humor, we wouldn't pick up on, you know? Because I, I had Maybe. the sense during some like line readings or like the two friends of the father, I was like, mm-hmm. I feel like they're they're funnier than I'm getting, you know? Yeah. like. Uh, yeah. I did laugh a lot, but mostly out of the little boy, like, just being in his underwear. And, oh, like, I know. His or little... Like, hey, so he carries around this, like, little stuffed animal dog on a leash, and he Yupe tells it to... Or... Yeah, Vupe. Vupe, yeah. He just yeah. tells it to, like... He's like, stay, Vupe. And oh, it's like... It's he's so very cute. cute. He's but... very, very cute. There's something about, um like, snowy wilderness that lends itself really well to horror movies, too. Mm-hmm. Um that made me think of let the right one in uh yeah or like the thing it's just like yeah you feel like stranded like there's no help that can come to you the environment is already hostile um yeah so the um the and on christmas eve i guess the small village is set upon by these elves and first we think that they're santa this is kind of a cool reveal actually Mm -hmm. um the the main characters catch one of them and they kind of, the little boy is like, it's Santa. Like we caught Santa. They dug him up in the hill. And then it's revealed that there's actually many of these elves and Santa is like, or Jalupuki is like this ginormous monster goat man, um, with horns. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a pretty fun twist, even though we didn't get any big Santa action. Yeah. I, um, I don't remember how I reacted the first time to it, but this time I thought that the elves were so scary like they were they were yeah so the elves are just depicted like a santa claus except they're usually like scrawny Mm -hmm. and so they're old men with long white beards and they're just completely naked and like dirty and the way at least this main elf that they they capture one of the elves and uh kind of hold it captive and he's Mm. just 
the way that he like moves his body is just so He's scary. scary. His face is really scary too. His face, his eyes are like terrifying. And the way he just is like so fixated on Pitari, mm-hmm. the kid, is yeah. like really creepy. Yeah, so creepy. Um, the one scene where they're like out in the open at the drilling company mm-hmm. site and they're surrounded by all the different naked old men. Mm-hmm. I did think of it follows where it flashes to like an older man on the roof. And I was like, dang, oh, you yeah. know, like old naked men are scary. I'm yeah. scared. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was probably like the scariest moment. It's just all the old naked elves mm-hmm. emerging, uh, yeah, surrounding sure. Atari. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, I think so in a lot of horror movies, I, as soon as the horror is revealed, I am a lot less scared uh-huh. because I feel like the build up to it is what is the like the dread is the scariest part to me yeah. but in this I was still so afraid even like when they were just like holding him captive I was so afraid of this old naked man yeah. I, probably because he was an old naked man and because these adults were just like completely incompetent and the I only know. one that could do anything was Pitari who is a child yeah. Tim was kind of like dang this dad like knows his kid is missing the other kid um mm-hmm. And like doesn't really care. <laughs> you I know. know. Like yeah. we, you assume you assume the other children are dead, but you find later that they've been kidnapped and are like because be sacrificed. He like he doesn't believe none of them believe that they're missing. They just yeah. believe that they're like off playing or something. Yeah, it's very hands off parenting. Yeah. Maybe because there are no women around. <laughs> um, I have a. If you're ready for this part, I have a one-star review I found on IMDb. This movie was really well-received. Like, I was looking up reviews, and a lot of mm-hmm. people really loved it. I think that the idea is really, like, novel and fun, mm-hmm. and fun for American audiences, too. But this is a one-star review from IMDb. Quote, This movie is, was thoroughly disturbing. I can withstand the storyline to a point, right up until they show one of, quote, Santa's elves, end quote. They are naked old men, and... In caps, I mean full dong naked. Don't watch this quote Santa unquote movie with your kids. This is not a children's movie. Maybe in Finland it's normal for kids to see full grown men naked. Everything up to that was okay. No amazing special effects. Just one CG moment where you see Santa in a huge frozen block of ice. Anyway, I I think, oh, he at the very end says, there's another classification for these kinds of movies. Gay porn. And I was like, (laughs) clearly this person has not watched any gay porn. (laughs) (laughs) This was not gay porn. <laughs> no, none at all. Oh my god, it's like the opposite. Um, so sensitive about seeing naked men. Yeah, I feel like um, the end of the movie is where it kind of unravels for me, which is like almost like this guy got it into his idea that rare exports, like exporting Santa Claus. That's like a good catch. Like I want, I need to put that in, but if he had just let go of that, the movie would have been so much better. I feel like, but he was like, I need to include it. I agree. It's kind of like, there's already obviously a huge suspension of disbelief. And then like Mm -hmm. the part where they like sell humanoids. Yeah, I know. It's like, this is human Uh, trafficking. It's like, Oh, okay. That's a a little harder to believe than a fantasy element. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this just made me think that review again. Um, Sorry. It's kind of, no, it's okay. It's kind of refreshing uh, actually to see old men's bodies be used as something scary because I feel like Mm -hmm. we just see old naked women trotted out for scares all the fucking time and horror. Yeah, you're right. Like we talked about that for the witch. I'm I'm the opposite of body positive. I think all bodies are scary. (laughs) (laughs) Equal opportunity to be scared by different types of bodies. (laughs) 
I like that. Kidding. I am body positive. What, I wonder what, like, what do you call, what's the male equivalent for, like, a hag or a crone? Um, There's probably none. It's fucked up. I can't think of one. Yeah. Yeah, I can't think just of one either. Old men. It's kind of like. Yeah. Dang. I... Well, some food for thought. Yeah. <laughs> What so, is the grandpa's name in uh, Simpsons? Oh, Grandpa Abe. Oh, I don't know. I have never call him watched Grandpa, Grandpa Abe. You haven't watched The Simpsons? No, never. Dang, Mackenzie? I know. You're a rare specimen. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, so do you want to rate the movie? What did you think of it overall? Um, I'll give it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I feel like a 7 out of 10 is fair. Yeah. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 as well. Yeah. A 7 um, sad reindeer cookies at, or gingerbread cookies out of 10. Um, <laughs> I liked when that kid had to eat them for breakfast. Yeah. He was like, this if, breakfast I eat, if I eat all these cookies, can I look at the elves? <laughs> the next movie we're talking about is Black Christmas. Directed by Bob Clark of A Christmas Story fame, the 1974 movie Black Christmas was one of the very first slasher films to pierce the horror scene. Inspired by the now-familiar urban legend of the babysitter and the man upstairs, Black Christmas opens on a Canadian sorority house as its inhabitants are about to disperse for their holiday break. One by one, the sorority sisters are picked off by a mysterious and obscene stranger known only to us as Billy, as police and boyfriends try futilely to protect them. So I am so excited that we watched this movie. Me too. Thank you for I, suggesting it. Of I course. I had no idea. Like, I mean, I probably had heard of it, but yeah. I don't think I would have watched it unless you told me about it. Yeah. Like, I oh, so I saw it for the first time a year ago uh, mm-hmm. at an Airbnb with Tim in Boston, and we watched it on, like, a laptop, and it scared the shit out of me. I thought it was so scary. It was, it was so terrifying. Um, the, I, the villain in this is, like... Crazy yes, scary. Yes. And it, oh. I think it's something that I think it's like a, a, a very affecting movie for women because it's mm-hmm. like this weird particular brand of horror. Yeah. That is like a can be a reality to women. Yes. So for the sure. so the villain, the kind of unseen um murderer, we hear him primarily. We do not see him ever really. We mm-hmm. see his eye at one point oh. and his hands. Um that shot and, of the eye is like oh my god insane crazy maybe we'll talk about it later but like oh my god i know so it, it's such a scary movie mm-hmm. um and so he the movie starts with a holiday party these girls are having and um they're having a good time they're all about to go on holiday break and they get a phone call and you can tell from their reactions it's not the first uh phone call of this type they've gotten and you listen to this guy just say like disgusting things to them on the yeah. camera and and on the phone yeah and it's like moaning and there are like mixed in like children screaming and like oh yeah like he throws his voice i guess yeah. you're going to think that he can sound like many people yeah it's very disturbing that i was not expecting that from this movie yeah right and 
Um, what I was reading about it was that this, this trope of like the call is coming from inside the house or like the obscene calls has been like mm-hmm. kind of used a lot, but I don't mm-hmm. think ever as effectively as I've seen in this movie. And had, was it used before this? Yeah. Apparently there's like one other movie that kind oh, of okay. introduced this urban legend of the call is coming from inside the house. Okay. Um, and I actually watched the trailer for the 2006 remake of this movie, mm. which looked terrible and people hate it. It has like a 10% <laughs> around tomatoes, but they have, it's like the same premise where it's a sorority and this guy, Billy has more of a backstory, but he's calling in and he's mm-hmm. saying things like i'm gonna kill you and i'm like that's not as scary that's yeah. just not as scary no it's in a deep masculine voice saying i'm gonna kill you this guy shrieking and making like babbling noises and yeah. crying that's yeah. scary yeah. yeah i agree um so what did you think of uh the cast in this movie the characters i really liked it i thought it was uh pretty well-rounded and mm-hmm. um like i i and kind of like unexpected like i couldn't tell like oh like this one's gonna die this one's gonna survive or whatever um as like especially at first i thought barb would be more of like a main player yeah they all were but like um do you want to go through the cast of characters yeah i think i and, and just to start like i think one of the things that makes this movie so good and effective too and this is something that a lot of horror movies neglect to do is that it really makes you care about the characters and like maybe i am also we're just like naturally inclined to care about them because they're like a group of women living together yeah but they really seem like lived in like they are real friends and roommates who live together yeah. they have really- like their it, like you see their conflicts with each other yeah. which girls have problems with each other which are closer yeah and like their individual yeah their individual relationships and mm-hmm. you really like get the time to know them and like care about them as a group because and that just makes it so much scarier and devastating mm-hmm. yeah 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 for real oh so the first the first kind of like character who emerges to be the main character is played by olivia hussey who was in romeo and juliet um hmm. the first like movie of that i guess and her plot line is that she is, she's like pretty and smart and she has this boyfriend named Peter and, um, the conflict introduced for them is that she's just found out she's pregnant. She wants to get an abortion and Peter's like this neurotic musician and he get he just freaks out at her, mm-hmm. um, and doesn't want her to get the abortion. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I definitely thought Peter was going to be the killer. Did you think that too? Yes, I did. 100%. It's such okay. a good like trick they play on you almost. Yeah. I and I they all the men looked the same. So yeah. I couldn't tell. <laughs> I couldn't oh my tell. gosh. The guy who played Peter was 38 during the time of filming. Oh god. Whatever. Why? Not I know, not college age. Yeah. Um yeah, they all look the same. All the men look the same. It's very pl- yeah. like plausible that it could have been Peter. And there's a there's a scene where he's like playing the piano and he's like doing horribly. He, it's all like these like um what are what are the notes that are like not in sync? Whatever chords that is, or discord, yeah, yeah, chords that not, are not right. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and it's it's like a scary sound, and I was like, it's this guy. He likes the scary noises, yeah, and the scary noises are on the phone too. <laughs> but it wasn't him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and um, he, he has such like a uh, violent outburst in front of Jess. Yeah. And even if, like, he's not the main killer, he's definitely, like, a villain. He sucks. Yeah, dude, for the sure. dude sucks. All right. And then, um, so as we mentioned earlier, there's another character played by Margot Kidder, who is the first Lois Lane. Um, oh, I didn't know she's that. She's the kind of, like, sassy, 
always drunk one. I really liked her a lot. I when Me I too. first watched the movie, I was like, oh, Barb better not die. She, I mean, she does make that like horrible rape joke at the beginning. Where I oh, was true. Like, I was like, that's different time. That's, yeah, that does not age well. <laughs> no, no, she yeah, she does. And then there's they have like a house mother who's really sweet. There's just like a lot of humor in the movie too that I really yeah. liked. I loved when Phyllis, who mm-hmm. is like the sweet one with glasses uh-huh. um says the cops are like don't worry there's a cop outside and she's like yeah sure and like rolls her eyes i'm like <laughs> i know it's like they... she, she knows this is not gonna help <laughs> yeah the cops are a joke the first yeah. they don't like take it very seriously they don't They're know what fellatio is yeah yeah <laughs> like like a, they rely a lot of the humor relies on like this one idiot cop so yeah it's funny um he really is literally a joke (laughs) yeah it's so sad like i it just um the first girl who dies her father shows up on campus looking for her Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. was very sad and very affecting yeah Yeah, for sure yeah because and then at the end i mean he doesn't even know that she's dead yet yeah she's in the attic because that's another trick that they pull on you they you assume that these cops have done their job and like searched the house. No, but they haven't. And there are two dead bodies and the killer in the attic still. Yes. Okay. So that's the kind of like the reveal at the end of this movie. Yeah, um, sorry. They think that, uh, Jess, like a badass, kills Peter. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and you're like, you and Jess are both led to believe that Peter is the, the, the phone call guy. Yeah. Um, and so she, comes to find her that part is really scary too like where he even if you don't think peter's the killer it's just scary how he's like breaks a window to get at her and follows her into the basement and so just like (laughs) and you're like thinking i was thinking still at this point that he was the killer yeah and and sort of i mean they like i said they all look the same so i didn't know who was (laughs) but it's just 70s haircuts they all have the same haircut but um uh I was like, wow, this killer can just, like, manipulate these people. Because I, w- I was thinking, like, if if my, like, boyfriend came up to me, even if I had thought he was a killer, but if he came up to me and been, like, and w- was acting completely normal, I would be hesitant to, like, yeah. attack him. Yeah. Even if I had suspected that, I think. So. I know. Jess is probably done with him by that time, too. She's yeah. like, this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, trying to control my bodily autonomy. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. k- kill him with a poker. Um, yeah. And I was reading that the um, the studio, I think, originally wanted the ending to be... So he's... I know they all have the same haircut, but the girl mm. who first dies, Claire, has a yeah. boyfriend, again, with a mop hair. And he mm. kind of is involved with the search party looking for her. He yeah. wears a big fur jacket. Yeah. You remember that guy? Yeah, yeah. Um, and they had the idea for him to visit Jess in bed at the end of the movie while she's, like, recovering. And when all the oh. cops leaves, he sits with her, and then he turns to her and says, you can't tell them what we did, Agnes, because that's one of the names the caller keeps using. Oh and have the movie so end that way. Be... Yeah, he would so be the killer. I actually thought it was hit. I was like, was his name Billy? Like, <laughs> is that the guy? Is he the killer? Because yeah. it, it is hard to keep these men straight. Like, Yeah, they do look to a be lot honest, like. They, they all... have... He and Peter have the exact same hair. Yeah, and yeah. so does Billy. Like, the silhouette of his, of his hair is the same. Yeah, and I was also reading that the b- actor who voiced Billy in the phone calls dubbed mm-hmm. over some of Peter's lines, so oh they God. would really sound similar, oh. and, like, you'd be confused. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Good job. So, 
I know. Really good job. Really, really scary. Um, What did you think of the, like, abortion subplot that Jess has with Peter? I thought it just made it, made me think even more that he was, like, the villain. Because he was so against her getting an abortion. And he was like, you'll regret it. And was just super, like, controlling and a freak about it. Yeah. I was surprised by how openly they talked about abortion. I cannot imagine a movie today having an abortion subplot just in a horror movie or them saying the word so often, you know? Yeah. I hated that part where uh, she has a phone call with Peter and the cops are listening in Mm -hmm. and she's like, you were listening to that? And they were like, yeah, we, we had to. Yeah. (laughs) You dumb cops. You can't do anything. Yeah. I mean, I was glad that they were listening, but. Oh yeah, for sure. That It was also like, they don't know. I was reading the Wikipedia page for the 2006 remake, which has a bunch of people, like familiar people in it, like Mary Elizabeth Winstead and oh, really? Michelle Trachenberger, Trachenberg, whatever her name is, um, Dawn from Buffy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it just sounded so bad, like really, wow. really terrible. That's and, not surprising. I feel like a lot of horror remakes are pretty horrible. Pretty pretty bad. Yeah. So. Oh, we haven't recorded since I saw Halloween. Did you see Halloween? No, I haven't oh. even seen the original yet. So. Oh, Mackenzie, I loved it. I, I thought know. it was so great. I, I loved know. it so much. I, wanna, I know. I want to see it I'm really bad. So oh, you will. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we really need to uh, go over this quote. Uh, we could talk about like just sex in the movie in general. Like, sure. Yeah. So I thought that the movie. Like, you kind of think of slasher movies as being, like, really puritanical about sex or, like, really, mm-hmm. like, punishing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think this movie was. Yeah. Well, the first, and I guess in kind of a twist on its head, sort of, mm-hmm. the virgin is the first to die. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was worried that, like, Jess was going to get punished for, like, wanting yeah. to have an abortion. Right. That was good. She was, like, I mean. She made it. <laughs> yeah. She, sort of. Who knows? The ending was ambiguous, so she's probably going to be dead oh, yeah. anyway. Oh, the ending was a bummer, man. Yeah. It was so... It was ter- It was, like, probably one of the scariest movies I've seen. Like, Yes! Seen. It so upset me the first time I watched it. It's definitely the scariest movie that we've talked about, I think. I agree. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And it's just it's just the phone calls and, yeah. and Billy and it's also, it so scary. Yeah, it's, like, the first slasher that we've talked about. And yeah. I think that this genre is, like particularly upsetting to like women i guess because it involves home invasion yeah like yeah an anonymous man who is just like a fucking perv and the men around you can't protect you too yeah i will say that this movie is not very um as far as a slasher movie can be not very exploitative with the women's death yeah i think barb barb is the most like wild death because she yeah. gets stabbed with like a glass unicorn but otherwise it's like pretty quick pretty efficient a lot of the girls die off screen so you don't mm-hmm. even see it happen yeah um and it just doesn't like make a big um salacious deal out of their bodies either which i yeah. really enjoyed it's not like yeah there's not they're not even like naked which is yeah. kind of a surprise for movies like this um, right they don't like fetishize the violence at all yeah that's another reason why it's so scary it's just like regular girls who uh yeah it's just and like it's, real when it's not like fetishized. It seems more real. More real. I also I think the Christmas setting is so good, and there's mm-hmm. something about the 
these 70s film catching the Christmas lights on yeah. the house mm-hmm. that make you feel it's confusing because it's like comforting yeah and like warm looking yeah, and then it's sure. just a fucked up tale yeah. yeah like I definitely so compared to rare exports I definitely got more of like uh, a Christmas vibe or like I feel like with horror Christmas horror movies there's this the reason that they're made and the reason that they're popular is because of the like discrepancy between the two mm-hmm. feelings of like horror and the holidays yeah. um and i didn't really get that in rare exports just because it is such a desolate place in even though it is christmas it's like they don't really have like a family and they don't really have any happy times <laughs> yeah so i think with um uh, black christmas i mean i definitely got that feeling more because there are the lights and they're caroling and like silent night is playing yeah they're having a party and it just it seems like a more effective more of a shock yeah 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 i think that uh black christmas is certainly like the best christmas horror movie i've seen but there are a few like we were talking about how we almost did krampus uh, mm-hmm. And that was kind of a disappointment because I was like, it could have been so good. You know, like, Scary Santa is so easy. Yeah. Uh, it should be like a, a, a home run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know what, what what they could have done better with Krampus. It just, like, wasn't... It wasn't that scary. It was, like, it was really maybe... CGI heavy. You know? Yeah. Like... Yeah. They relied too much on that and maybe too much on... It was just, like, hokey, kind of. Yeah, it was. Like, it was like hokey. That's, it's forgettable. Like, the demon snowmen and whatever. Like, oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, all right, yeah. I'm not... Af- I'm not. This isn't going to make me afraid of snowmen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> nice try. Nothing can. <laughs> what would you rate Black Christmas, Mackenzie? Um, like, eight and a half. Eight and a half, yeah. I would, I would, I would rate it... Uh, nine, just because I don't want to do it the same score as you again. Okay. I think it's like really like compels you to watch the entire thing. Really, really fucking scary. Yeah. Um, it's a slasher movie, but it's like some really good realistic depictions of of women. Um, mm-hmm. and that's why it's so fucking scary. Yeah. Like I we briefly touched upon this, mm-hmm. but I think because you never know what who the villain is it just makes it even scarier which is like just not knowing what is gonna like come around the corner or like attack you is just so terrifying or that you don't understand his reasoning either too like i guess mike myers is the same way and so is jason or whatever but it's just so scary yeah uh i believe its tagline was it's beginning to look a lot like dot 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 bloodshed (laughs) so funny so good and they were gonna call it uh like silent night deadly night and mm. they were worried that black christmas sounded too much like a black exploitation movie mm. i did i do keep hearing it in my head as black christmas i gave you my heart <laughs> okay let's kill this thing okay. well happy holidays everyone yeah happy holidays whatever you celebrate be safe and be warm this holiday season Watch yeah. Black Christmas and Rare Exports. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And let us know if you have any other holiday recommendations. Um, and in our next episode, we'll be talking about the host and grabbers. Really looking forward to that. 
Um, yeah. It would really help us out if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, like the podcast store. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ChickFlixPod and email us at ChickFlixPodcast at gmail.com. ChickFlix is researched and written by Bridget Hovell and edited by Mackenzie Chapman. Many thanks to Timothy Carlson for our music. We have new mics now and now we suck. <laughs> thanks for listening to ChickFlix. Bye. Thanks, guys. <laughs>